I set up a workflow. It does it automatically now. Oh, that's cool. I just press the button and it records the podcast. I love it. Isn't it yeah, great? That's pretty cool. Technology is amazing. Hi, everybody. Hi. <laughs> um, how do we do this usually? We're Andy and Emily. Oh, yeah. We introduce ourselves first, uh-huh. right? Yeah. So I'm Andy. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Emily. And this is the Madness and Movies podcast. That is the correct order. Congratulations. I have to, <laughs> I have to like mentally check myself every time too. Yeah. So it's good to like reconfirm each other. If uh-huh. I say it wrong, like you're yeah. allowed to like correct me and shush me and like yell over me and stuff. <laughs> cool. I, 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 this is on the record. I'm permitting it. Sounds good. Um, we weren't going to do this, but we just watched Venom uh, and it felt Im- maybe not important or relevant, but exciting. And we want to talk about mm-hmm. it. And, I think it felt pretty relevant to the podcast, like... Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think most people see that character as mad, even. Like, not just us. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. I'm underselling it. It's (laughs) super relevant, and it's also very good. And you should watch it. Yeah. You should watch Venom. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you want to do the plot synopsis this time? (laughs) Um, I really dislike synopses, but I can try. So, um... (laughs) So basically, just for the people that are never gonna watch it. I know. No, I just mean I like. I'm. I feel like I'm really bad at like s- paraphrasing things. At pulling, at like synthesizing it down to the the yeah. five most important points. I like literally. I feel like that's why I'm so bad at citations. Oh, like because it's all about like paraphrasing, and that mm. freaks me out. Anyways, but I will try. Okay. So, anyways, there's this investigative journalist. Yes. Named Eddie. Eddie Brock. And um. He is about to do this interview with um, this super like I think he he's supposed to be like an Elon Musk type, right? Basically, I think he I think they were drawing heavily yeah. from Elon Musk. Yeah, like a, like a research scientist slash tech person slash space. Yeah, the space thing is what really made me go. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, he's doing an interview with him, and he like tries to take him down and um, expose some of the like ethical um, issues, ethical complaints or allegations that are currently against him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, he's basically um, like loses his job, um, his girlfriend. Well, to be clear, he doesn't just lose his job. Yeah. The, the, the the science man's evil corporation puts heavy pressure on the network who cancels mm-hmm. his TV show, mm-hmm. and so he gets fired. Yeah. And then his girlfriend, who also kind of works for him, what, it, what does she say? She she works for a friend who works for him. Yeah. Um, basically works for him. Yeah. She's an attorney. I think maybe her, like, I don't know, her client. I don't but I, I, I don't understand the relationship, and I don't think you're supposed to dig into it. Yeah. Anyways, his girlfriend leaves him. Um, and then, um, so he's just, like, jobless and, like, unemployed and kind of doing badly. And then... Sad and mopey and alcoholic. Yeah. And then another scientist from, um, like, the lab of this guy um, approaches him. And tries to get him to, um, to like, she, she's also very concerned about some of the ethical things that this guy is like testing human subjects, um, exploiting poor 
like research participants and um, like they're they're ending up with fatalities and so um, she this other scientist tries to get him to expose um, the ethical issues and uh, so he like goes to the lab and then when he's at the lab he gets basically possessed by an alien mm-hmm. yep. um, that they were they were trying to test this alien on human subjects and so yeah trying to convince the alien to take over yeah human bodies yeah so and it has to be like a perfect match so it basically takes over eddie's body and um he's like kind of going crazy at first and like because he hears its voice and he like doesn't know what to do and then they kind of unite and join together in a in a force and start like killing bad people basically yep. <laughs> and um yeah um, yeah they they like end up yeah killing the um a lot of the like people who are working at the research lab they tear the lab to shreds yeah yeah and um and then you know the final fight is between him and the elon musk guy and the elon musk guy has also been oh, yeah. possessed by a different alien yeah and so so they they fight it out and yep yeah yeah <laughs> venom <laughs> Oh yeah, the alien's name is Venom. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So one yeah title comes from yeah the the alien that possesses Eddie is Venom, and the alien that possesses the other bad guy is named I don't know. Does he Arsenal or Uh, something? Is it Arsenal or is it I don't know. Weapons Man. He can make his arms turn into swords, and he can shoot knives and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know. Venom's all slimy and tentacly and stuff and the other guy is all pointy and knives and sticks and it reminded <laughs> me a little of transformers <laughs> really <laughs> just like the when they when the alien like possesses them or whatever and they like start they can like choose kind of or the alien can choose i guess when to transform their oh, body into so it's like not, a big giant alien so instead of being car robot car robot it's yeah. Person, mon- you know, <laughs> person, slimy tentacle monster. Person, slimy tentacle monster. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, and it's also, it was also interesting that, like, the, the tentacle monster thing can also, like, protrude out of them. That, like, Venna, the, they, they had a couple scenes where I don't know if you could interpret this as, like, a hallucination mm-hmm. or if it was supposed to be very literal and that, that Venom's head, right, like is sort of just, like, floating disembodied out away from Eddie. Yeah. And, and, he's, and it's, the, it's the two heads, and they can talk side, you know, they can do shot-reverse shot with these two heads talking to each other, but it's... They're sharing one body? Mm-hmm. And so, the, yeah, that was always... That was interesting to me. Yeah. Um, so, this yes. movie got, like, a 28... 28- Oh my gosh! Or something on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, the internet really dislikes it. I think. Um, but we really liked it. Yeah, if you can't tell, <laughs> really liked it. Um, and I think I don't know. I think I I, I saw somewhere or other. I wish I could point to the specific reviewer, but someone said that like like look, this is kind of in the style of early 2000s superhero movies that, like, 
we've sort of gone through these different like waves and generations where there's sort of your, your Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2, um, early X-Men movies, and then there's Batman Begins, and of course there's the Dark Knight, and so everything changes and everything gets gritty for a while, and then you sort of have the Marvel revolution sort of counter to that where it's all sanitized and clean and oh you know you know hunky dory i guess kind of mm-hmm. a little bit a little bit more kid friendly and super mass marketable and uh, a little bit less deep i guess i would mm-hmm. say especially the early early marvel films yeah yeah um but yeah but this sort of felt more i say kind of free and loose and just kind of wild and uh, mm-hmm. than a lot of the uh, movies that you would see now. I guess it just kind of made me notice how structured and kind of formulaic a lot of Marvel movies are. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and so I don't know. I really appreciated this movie that it, and that it was very, very different. Mm-hmm. Than what we what we what we usually see. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I know. For me, I like noticed right away that the fight scenes mm. weren't as big and flashy as like Marvel yeah. movies. But um, yeah, I I kind of liked that. I kind of um, yeah. I I I felt like they had more weight to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they because they weren't just huge CGI spectacles. Yeah. And there was some amount of CGI spectacle. Yeah. <laughs> but not nearly as much, and that was refreshing. Yeah, it was. Um, but yeah, so that's, I don't know, what do you say, the structure, the, f- the form of the movie, but what about the uh, content? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Film 101, this is, this is hurting me. It's like, <laughs> there, there's the... the what are you trying? To, what am I trying to say? There's like the two ways to look at the film. It's not, not quite like form and content, but mm. you, you get what I'm trying to I say, right? I get what right? you're saying. Yeah, text, I don't know the Text term. and subtext. Sure, would be yeah. another way to say it. Like, like yeah, okay, great. It was shot well, and there were some good action scenes. But what does it mean, man? And what are the ideas buried inside of it, man? Yeah. What are the ideas that are symbiotically riding this, like? carnival of murder and face eating mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so uh do you want to kick that one kick that off is this where we're talking about the madness part or are we still on general review <laughs> oh no i was trying to i was trying to transition transition into that into the madness yes okay <laughs> i'm sorry if i didn't make that <laughs> could have made that more explicit <laughs> So trying to try to be too sneaky here. <laughs> um, so yeah, basically the main character Eddie, um, who is kind of possessed or joins forces with this alien with Venom. Um, I felt like he could really easily be read as a voice hearer or as multiple potentially i think yeah. either one of those yeah i mean that's the that's the elephant in the room <laughs> mhm yeah i mean it's pretty clear like from the first moment where um he i guess joins or what do they call it sim symbi 
I don't know. They, they symbiosis or something. Yeah, they. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, they've achieved symbiosis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So that's the word. <laughs> so when they achieve symbiosis or whatever, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like Eddie immediately starts to hear the voice of Venom. Um, and he's very, like, tormented by the voice at first. Oh, yeah, and, doesn't want it. <laughs> yeah, and, and kind of, like, um, kind of, like, goes crazy or breaks down. Um, like, goes to this restaurant where yeah. his girlfriend is eating with, like, yeah. her new boyfriend. And, um, yeah, so, of course, it looks like crazy drunk Eddie, you know, down on his luck. And he comes stumbling back in to ruin my nice lunch. Yeah, and, and she's kind of asking, like, are you drunk? Like, what's going on with you? Um, and Yeah, and the whole time he's sort of like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm okay. And he's, like, not quite coherent. And then Venom starts talking to him. And then he's talking to Venom, but nobody else can hear Venom. And so, yeah, so it's like he's talking to someone that's not there. And everyone's like, dude, Eddie. <laughs> yeah. So, like, definitely how mad people are treated. Um, treated as a mad person, as a crazy person. Um, Treated as we're taking him to the hospital. Yeah. Well, and he, that was something to, that I thought about too. Like he immediately gets like pretty nice treatment. Like mm. they put him in an MRI and look for something neurological and find out that, yeah, he has a, they call it a parasite and they're very concerned, but it's not like lock him up. Like there's yes, no. Get, it's not get this crazy man out of my, out yeah. of my restaurant. Like I, I definitely thought we were headed in the direction of him mm-hmm. going to a psych mm-hmm. ward, but that didn't happen. Um, I guess because his ex's new boyfriend was... um, Yeah, a surgeon. Yeah, yeah. And so he was like, that's my patient, and I'm going to, like, you know... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take him. I'll take him from here. No, it's fine. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So... Yeah, and, and I, I felt like that was kind of a good job, too, of demonstrating, like, how privilege um, helps you be treated better if you're um, going mad or whatever. That, like, because he knows this, like, doctor and... Um, yeah, well, and he's famous, too. I mean, he's... Yeah, that's People true. recognize that's him out in public. It's like, hey, you're Eddie Brock. Yeah, so they're not about to, like, lock him up. Although famous people do get locked up in psych wards, but... Less yeah. frequently. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so, but, um, I felt like the, the narrative structure of the movie and Eddie's arc as a Mm -hmm. character very much reflected kind of a voice hearing narrative or a multiplicity narrative, um, where from my experience kind of in the voice hearing community and in the multiple community, um, there's a lot of like steps that people take and a lot of work that people do to live peacefully and co-consciously with their voices or um, with their headmates and kind of um, learn to like, yeah, not not kind of be um, driven mad by it, but kind of just live, um, live with them, respect them, respect the voices, respect the headmates, teamwork, collaboration, and that's very much what we see begin to develop between Eddie and Venom. At, at first, yeah. it's kind of this, like, power struggle between them, and they, they dislike each other, and Eddie wants to be, like, rid of Venom, and Venom is, like, trying to take over Eddie and, like, yeah, use just, his body. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, exactly. Just use him as a rag doll, as a meat puppet. Yeah. Um, and then they start to like each other. Like, Eddie realizes that Venom is, like, giving him superpowers to 
kind of take down the bad guys, get out of situations too, and and then Venom and starts to like Eddie. Yeah, and there's even like even like early on, there's like a couple couple times where like Venom, like I don't know, in the phase of the movie, right, where he's supposed to be sort of the like the tormentor, the like body taker, body snatcher, right, like where you're not supposed to like him. Like the, he even still has a few moments of like like well. Okay, I guess we can go do your thing and like, like oh, I like her. You should get in that car mm-hmm. and like, like trying like, I don't know, trying to give advice and trying to like. It's it's evident like even early on when we're yeah, it's still supposed to be a body snatcher movie. Like it's there's still this empathy and we're supposed to kind of understand that like Venom is trying to make it work even if he's kind of just clumsy and loud about it. Yeah. Um... Yeah, and I one of my favorite moments in the whole film is um, Eddie asks Venom. Like, I think Venom's original plan was to like take over Eddie's body and then like take over the world. Yeah, like discard it and then like bring all all the people from his planet or all the aliens from his planet to like do the same thing, take over everyone's bodies. Um, and then Venom is like, no, I think I'm just gonna stay here, like stay stay in your body, like hang out. And yeah. Eddie's, Eddie's like, why? And he's like, well, I kind of like you. And besides, like I'm also a loser on my planet. Like, he, yeah, <laughs> I'm a loser on my planet too. I don't really feel like going back. And he, yeah, one of the first things he tells Eddie in the movie is like, you're a loser. Like I know you. Like I know your brain. And you're a loser. And so he's like, I'm kind of a loser too in this moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is great. Um, I wanted to know more. Like I wanted, right? I really wanted to know. Like, what is it like to be a loser on like an alien planet? And, yeah. Like, what does loser mean to them? <laughs> yeah. Gosh. I'm so curious because they're like, yeah, they're native, whatever form. Like when they're found, when we find them, they're just balls. They're just like wads of slime. Yeah. Slime and tentacles. It's like, oh man. You can't. You, you, uh, I'm picturing like a wad of slime with like acne or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> like I'm just trying to overlay other like stereotypes yeah. onto it and like what? How does? I, I don't. I I can't map loser onto slime, and I I'm so curious what you would do with that or how you would make a movie. Oh my out gosh. Of it. <laughs> it's a slime that like doesn't make eye contact or something. It like. Like you, it doesn't make like slime content. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, gosh, or may, maybe it's like too fat or too small. Like the, those are who we consider losers. Small slime, like, ew. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if it has a gender. Like if it's if it's a man and it's too like short. Like it's a short slime. And mm. like if it's a, or if it's like a woman and she's like too like fat. Like. Well, yeah. And they're all different colors, too. Yeah. Maybe, like, different color yeah. ones. Like, oh, he's green. Stay away from the green yeah. ones. Yeah. Right? I like, turn it to make a whole race like thing. like racism yeah. here. Yeah. 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 Oh, I want to know about this. Now I want there to be a whole universe, like, a whole movie. Oh, my where gosh. Where there's, like, the slime losers, like, get back. Ah! <laughs> Everyone. Yeah. Ah. This is... I, okay, I think it's really... This is kind of a, an interesting window into like the power dynamic between like Eddie Brock and Venom mm-hmm. and sort of in this movie and uh, in uh, other previous iterations and uh, historical mm-hmm. uh, historically uh, and I'm just gonna like super upfront like I don't know the history of Venom that well I was a Spider-Man like geek as a kid 
and Venom crosses in and out of that, but I never, like, followed him mm. super religiously. So, like, I'm very prepared to be told that I'm wrong. Um, but my general impression of Venom in previous iterations was that he was less tentacly slimy, menacey. Mm-hmm. Well, not not menacey, but kind of, yeah, less tentacly and more, how do you say, chaotic evil. That, that he was a bad guy, that he was mm-hmm. a villain. Yeah. He was a villain, and that Eddie Brock was kind of, I don't know, my impression was that he was more of a loser. Like, here he's like, I mean, he's Tom, uh, Hardy, Matt Hardy, Tom Hardy? Tom Hardy. I Tom Hardy. Why did I think it was Matt Hardy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom Hardy, right? He's kind of, he's kind of built. He's got, he's got a good jawline, kind of scruff, and he talks, and, he's, and he carries himself, and he's kind of, he's got a cool motorcycle, and he's an international, like, badass reporter. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was interesting. That yeah, the power dynamic shifts here. That when I think of Venom, I think of. Oh, poor Eddie Brock. You know, he's a victim of this. Yeah, he's just being carried around by this, yeah, this monster that just wants to eat people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Eddie Brock is just kind of like a, a sad meat puppet. Uh, <laughs> and so it's super interesting to me that they flip the power dynamic in this movie. Yeah. That sort of by the end, Eddie Brock is the one setting the rules going, no, you only get to eat bad people. Sometimes... If you're good, if you behave, I will let you eat bad people. And Venom's like, okay, fine. And Venom's kind of like, I'm kind of a loser on my planet anyways. Right? Like, they they, they play down Venom and they bring Eddie Brock yeah. way up. And that's super, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't entirely know what to make of that. Whether that's uh, some sort of cultural shift. In how- yeah, I don't know. I... I will say, just bringing it back to, like, madness and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Circle it around. I, yeah, I, th- I think that's really, like, that, that's really realistic and reflective of, um, at least, like, in, in the hearing voices community, um, how, how the dynamic can be, I think, or especially how the narrative can be, that it, at first it very much can be that, like, the voices, like, have complete control over you and, like, it's very scary, it's very terrifying, um, you, you know, everything they say is, like, you, you have to listen to them, they hold a lot of power, um, but through, like, dialoguing with them and learning to respect them and just, like, hanging out with them, like, you can, you can learn to, like, coexist and you're kind of a team together, um, you're not you know, uh, at odds with each other. It's mm. not overpowering you or possessing you. It's more, um, you, you can set the rules if you want, or, um, you can kind of co co-regulate or co-set the mm. rules for one another. Um, so you think that sort of parallels Venom's whatever, like 30 year, I guess, arc? Yeah, both. Thir- yeah. I think both Venom's 30 year arc and, um, arc within the movie. Cause I yeah. think even in the movie, huh. Venom starts out as like having more power and yeah, like, he yeah, yeah. controls when they're going to eat people or like attack people or whatever. And by the end, yeah, there, Eddie has this whole like speech where like, he's just, it's really cool too. He's just like walking down the street and yeah, he's yeah, just yeah. like, Hey, so Venom, like, here's what we're going to do. We're not going to eat any, we're not just going to eat anybody. Like we're only eating bad people. And like, only if you're good, will I consider letting me eat bad people. And you know, so that's just what's up. And, um, 
there we go. And and no one around him like reacts or is like, hey, you're talking to yourself. And you know, that takes privilege. But I was yeah. also like, hey, yeah, good, mad accepting universe. Like <laughs> I mean, if you want to be super cynical, maybe they just thought he had his like Bluetooth headset on it. Oh, yeah, maybe. Well, I and that that is a technique that I've heard voice hearers use. Oh, um, you just wear a headset. Yeah that people will wear a Bluetooth so that they're able to talk to themselves, which is, like, a good technique, but also, like, really shitty that, like, we can't just accept that, like, hey, some people just talk to themselves, and that's cool, or not to themselves. Sometimes they're talking to their headmates or to their voices, and maybe they conceptualize that as part of themselves, and maybe they don't, and whatever. It's all cool. People use speech in a variety of ways. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So yeah, I don't know. I, 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 uh, I, I guess I, I am still, I, 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 I'm still stuck on the yeah the the thirty year arc and trying to tie that in to something, mm-hmm. some kind of historical narrative. I don't know if people were less accepting in the '90s that you couldn't mm-hmm. have a movie where you talk to yourself in the '90s. You just have to feel bad for the maybe have to feel bad for that poor guy. Yeah, that could be it. I yeah, I do feel like. It would be interesting to just look at, like, the whole demonic possession or alien mm. possession narrative. Ooh, that's like, a good point, yeah. I feel like there was, like, there were a series of movies or that was, like, pretty common in movies in, like, the 80s and 90s, right? And then it just mm-hmm. slowly, like, died down. And now this is, like, sort of a possession movie, but not really. It's, like, a co- yeah, because yeah, embodiment movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the standard possession movie, you wouldn't get the point of view of the possessor. Right, right. You wouldn't get to, you know, it wouldn't be. I mean, Venom was also a character in Spider Man Three, uh, with Tobey Maguire, and I think that can be also important to that in that movie. Venom didn't have a voice. Oh, that's Venom wasn't a character so much as an influence. Mm. That Tobey Maguire got this like black, you know, whatever Venom, Venom sort of fused with Spider Man. Hmm. And Spider-Man was just, it, it, he was just, it was just a bad impulse. Like, Spider-Man was just more violent and more mean to people oh, when he was wearing Venom. Huh. And, but you never heard Venom's voice. It just sort of was like, uh-oh, when Spider-Man wears the black suit, that's a bad sign. Hmm. That means he's being mean to people. Yeah. Uh... And then Venom takes over Eddie Brock. And again, it's just, oh, poor Eddie Brock is being used as a meat puppet for something that wants to kill Spider-Man. Hmm. Um, but now it's, yeah, Venom has a voice. Yeah, yeah. And that, yeah. And it could just be, too. I think I think we are seeing a trend that's, like, more sympathetic villains, um, more likable, more understandable. And it just their characters rather than just, like, pure evil. And yeah. I feel like... Yeah, it could be more about that, too, that, like, we're giving villains a voice. We're making them characters, although he yeah. wasn't really the villain and yeah. necessarily. Yeah, although, I mean, to cut back to Spider-Man 3, like, there were three villains in that movie, and that was part of the problem with it. But okay. there were three villains, and the other two were very human and very uh-huh. sympathetic. And, you know, one guy was just trying to get back to his daughter, and society wouldn't let him. And so he was, he was, he was just mad, and then the cops kept trying to shoot him, and so he was just like, ah, I'll screw the cops, you know. And but it was always, it was always about trying to get back to his daughter, and and, and yeah, and and then Venom was the only one that wasn't sympathetic. Mm-hmm. It was just like, well, I'll kill the alien, and then we'll try to reason with the other two. 
Interesting. Yeah, maybe it's also about just, like, I don't know, maybe are we progressing in a direction of, like, humanizing other species or we're, we're yeah. recognizing more and more that, like, there's potential for alien life or maybe not alien life, but, you know, going to Blade Runner, like, ro- robot life or artif- just mm-hmm. artificial intelligence or non-human life that, like, we're going to need to coexist with and we're going to need to give a voice. Like, yeah. I, I don't know if that can Ooh. tie into it. That's, no, that's that's everything. That's, that's really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, really, like... Uh, Jack O'Brien of the Crack Podcast mm-hmm. frequently uh, said, like, like uh, movies are sort of the collective dreams of the culture. Mm-hmm. And that is sort of it, the idea being that it's sort of the things we're preoccupied with. Yeah. And the things that we're, like, interested in, but sort of all scrambled and jumbled and they don't really mean anything. Uh, until you can step back from them and kind of stare at them oh, from a distance. You know, I mean, the classics, you know, the super classic example, right, is Godzilla, mm-hmm. uh, a lizard who's irradiated and uh, terrorizes Tokyo, and you know, and and it's sort of this trying to process. I, I guess you know, it's it's seen as this collective societal processing of nuclear weapons and radiation and what and that you know radiation that changes things and the destructive power of the atom bomb and all this stuff and but the people the people making those movies weren't thinking about that they just thought that was an interesting topic that should yeah. be poked at and so yeah i really think this i think you've stumbled into what is our collective dream right now uh-huh or at least a potential uh is that yeah, that we're trying to figure out, yeah, as we're seeing robots come to life, as we're, you know, Siri, is Siri listening to you? Is Siri conscious? I know that's one of your whole things. Yeah, like, yeah. What is consciousness? What is alive? What is, what is the other? Yeah. What, what might the other be? How do we deal with something that's so foreign? Yeah. Trying to try to work through that through film. <laughs> yeah, as we also work through like humans that are other and our relations with them and as race relations and gender relations mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. like coming more and more um to the forefront of what we talk about in film and culture and the media and yeah, just uh, I think that intersection of like what is consciousness and then like what is the other and how do we treat the other like I think that that might be what we're hitting on. Yeah. Yeah. Which is exciting. Right? Yeah. Isn't it amazing? It is. Oh, movies, people. We just solved them. Yeah. We just solved movies. (laughs) We solved movies. (laughs) (laughs) So speaking of the other, um, one of the points you brought up is Uh that um, there's instant empathy almost between people who our hosts or like people who have been quote unquote like possessed by these aliens um Mm -hmm. with eddie yes yeah that the only people in the movie who get it who don't treat it as like whoa dude are you okay are like yeah people that have been um I don't know, whatever, possessed or play host or I, we we got to figure out a verb for this. Yeah, host, I guess, is I, what they call them in the movie. Who have hosted another thing. Yeah, yeah. Alien. Alien, yeah. What's their species? I don't know. What? No, they, they had a word. Symbiotes. Oh, they're Hosted symb- a symbiote. Oh. Hosted a symbiote. Oh. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm going to keep saying it over a couple times just to make sure I have it and make sure we remember it. Hosted a symbiote. Yeah. <laughs> um, Although, I do want to clarify, like, I think the word host, so, like, I'm pretty sure okay. in, in the multiple community, that's, like, a word that's, like, not really used because it's... As, yeah, yeah like, it's it's rude to the other people. Yeah, it's as if there's, like, only one person and the others aren't as real or something. And, and yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. think it's, like, I would say almost the same in this, that, like, they're both characters and they're both equal players in this body. Yeah, but, certainly by the end. Yeah, but for for lack of a better word right now, we'll okay. just say. Okay, okay, good disclaimer. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, but that, oh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, no. Uh, what was the prompt? The empathy between... <laughs> empathy, yeah. That nobody else in the universe really is portrayed as, like, getting it or, like, actually listening. Everyone else is like, okay, Eddie. But, like, Venom takes over his ex-girlfriend, Annie. That not, not takes over. I keep using these words. Some... Merges with? Sure. Merges with Annie um, to, to save Eddie's butt at one point. So Venom and Annie... Um, yeah, go, go, go save Eddie. And then afterwards, like Annie just gets it. Like, mm-hmm. is just like, mm-hmm. just like, what's he saying? Not, not like what's going on, Eddie, or like, stop doing that, Eddie, or like looking at him kind of weird. She's like, she can tell they're having a conversation. Like Eddie will look distracted and she'll be like, she, she just, she's like, what's he saying? <laughs> Right, like, 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 I can't hear him. You have to tell me, kind of mm-hmm. thing. Like, she just gets it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like the only real example of that in the whole movie. Like, everyone else is kind of like weirded out and like not okay with yeah. it necessarily. Um, partly because he's a slimy tentacle monster, <laughs> but not really. Mostly that. <laughs> Um, and I think it's, I don't know, I think it's fascinating that that's, it's taken for granted or it's taken as understood that, like, well, of course nobody else would get it. Yeah. Of course nobody else could understand or sympathize. I mean, he, he's talking to himself on the street. Uh, come mm-hmm. on. Yeah. I was kind of seeing it more along the lines of, like, the value of lived experience mm. or okay. expertise by experience that okay. once you've... Once you've hosted something, you've once you've hosted an alien, you like now have this like knowledge of what it's like, this experiential knowledge that gives you empathy and insight into what others are experiencing. It's yeah. almost a language. Yeah. See, that's much more optimistic. I like that. <laughs> I like that better. <laughs> but like maybe that's like the whole thing. Maybe that's like I, I think there is a lot of good writings on like how being marginalized and being in a marginalized group gives you knowledge and gives you understanding of like marginalization um and expertise of that um so it's it's kind of this like double-edged thing of like yes you're marginalized and like um that's mostly shitty but (laughs) you you also um should be like treated as an expert of what that's like and um, you have this expertise into like alternative ways of viewing the world besides the dominant narrative. Yeah, yeah. It's just such a bummer that um, that that's treated as the they're sort of seen as the only way to have that have any sort of expertise mm-hmm. or insight or knowledge yeah. or 
willingness to learn or whatever. Yeah, I think that's something that I, like, ask myself a lot. Like, is there any other way to gain expertise besides, like, yeah, having the experience? And, like, you know, can it, can people who aren't mad or whatever, like, have expertise about madness or sanism? And can can people who are not, like, people of color have any expertise or knowledge about racism, that kind of thing? And... Um, I don't know. I tend to lean toward no, but... Yeah, that's the whole tension around, like, I don't know, allyship, right? Yeah. It's like, I don't know, to, to, I don't know, to use race, I guess. Or, or I guess, or, you know, like, or, like, I'm a male feminist. Like, well, but you're still a dude. Yeah. Or, like, no, no, black lives do matter. It's like... Yeah, like there's a whole Macklemore song yeah. about this, right? Like, which I thought was really good for the record, um, but because I know it's controversial. Um, but that he's sort of yeah, there's a whole Macklemore song where he's wrestling with this, where he's like, he's a white artist in a black space, mm-hmm. um, and sort of trying to wrestle with his responsibility towards that, and like, should he step out of the way and try to and like let black artists speak for themselves or should he be the white guy standing at the front and going like hey those people over there are people too (laughs) or like yeah yeah and yeah I mean I'm personally with like madness I definitely am very pro like a a very loose definition of madness and Mm -hmm. like pro people you know I, I think that everyone goes through madness and has experiences that fall under madness um and it's just about getting them to conceptualize themselves in that way yeah like that's the thing is like i think if you're willing to conceptualize yourself as mad um but that you know and then like very much see yourself as like part of mad people and as part um, of the community, as part of... Yeah, and therefore not throw any mad people under the bus. Mm, not mm, say, mm. oh, well, these people should be locked yeah. up. Or, I'm mad. I'm a little mad, but not like that. Like, no, if you're willing to, like, see yourself as, like, <laughs> I am a mad person, and because I'm mad, like, that means that I'm, like, I'm just like these other people, or I'm, you know, I'm... I They should have as many rights as I do, or whatever. Um... I'm I'm very like pro that, but it it does take like it's not about like being like oh I'm I'm a little bit this way so therefore I can speak for the community, but it's more yeah. about like <laughs> it, it takes giving up your power. I think is mm. what I'm trying yeah. to say. It yeah, takes yeah, yeah. giving up your sane privilege. Um, you can't like both hold on to your sane privilege and then also be like, but I'm still mad. I mean I mean may- maybe like I do like I feel like I I definitely get read as sane in some contexts and probably hold on to sane privilege, but like I I feel like I've also I try to like do a lot to give it up. Um, yeah I, yeah it's that to me is what it is if you're like not even trying to give up your privileged identity but then also claiming like a marginalized identity. it's like eh. Yeah. Not really. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it, if and that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And it's such a tightrope because there is always yeah. the like, I don't know, issues of like whatever safety and like yeah. being able to feed yourself and like, yeah, sometimes you just have to, I don't I don't know. Yeah. Right. Just play, play sane to, to, 
hold down the job or whatever. I don't know. Right, right. And even, like, mad people have to do, you know, or, you know, yeah. I think most mad people have to do that in general, so. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I, I think it's it's more about, like, is this performative or am I actually going to experience mm. some marginalization here? Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I know we'd also talked about how uh, science is treated a little bit differently in this movie. Yeah, I was really excited that like research and medicine, which are usually seen as, I feel like, the good guy in most movies, um, that was seen as the villain. Um, I felt like the, the Elon Musk type, he was just, the actor did this incredible job. He was such a creepy person um was like exploiting these research subjects they they really did i i feel like they did a really good job of um portraying how research can be used in these horribly unethical ways and um exploit people basically what they did in the movies he was like recruiting low-income people and um not really giving them informed consent uh, just, yeah, here, sign, sign these things and I'll give you 20 bucks. Yeah, and, and then it's like, it's really horrifying. They show this one research participant being locked in this, like, glass cage as they, like, let the alien possess him and he's, like, begging to get out. And oh, but, but the bad scientist, Elon Musk man, the Musk man, gives such a nice, <laughs> gives such a nice, yeah. like, speech. It was it, creepy. It, it was right? so it, creepy. It was, it was creepy because it was, <sighs> like... It was like spot on and like it, it was creepy because he was kind of right, but then also he's a dick. Like that was the th- <laughs> He was kind of right? How is he right? Well, I mean he was sort of, he was talking about like mankind is we're we're using too many resources and we're gonna use up this earth and we've gotta we've gotta think about we gotta think about the next generations. We gotta think about what's coming after and we gotta start looking forward to the future. Right. And that's why I'm going to let this alien creature eat you. Well, he doesn't even say that. He's just like, and, and that's what he, he like oh, starts yeah. out with the whole, like, what's your name? And the guy's like, Isaac. And he's and he, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you're, yeah. you're basically a sacrifice and you know, you're just going to do some research to help save humanity. And the guy's like, okay, that's cool or something. And then he like starts getting possessed by this alien and he's like, let me out. And it's like this. Yeah. It, for me, it felt very like visceral because it, it did feel a lot like a psych ward or just the feeling of being locked in this place and not being able and to someone's get telling you nice things yeah. and, then <laughs> and like yeah like this is for your own good this is for the good of mankind this is medicine this is treatment this is this is science mm-hmm. and you're mm-hmm. like this is violence this is torture and like um yeah I, I felt like they did such a good job of portraying that um yeah. Do you feel like research is traditionally portrayed in like a, a positive role in movies or I guess it's mixed a little bit in film? Yeah, I, I think it's mixed. I think, I don't know. It's interesting trying to disentangle because I, I think in superhero movies, right? Like you've always sort of had this like, like where do the heroes get their powers? And it's usually like science gone wrong, mm-hmm. I think is a lot of the legacy of superheroes. True. Yeah. Like Peter Parker was bitten by a radioactive spider. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's definitely extra important to this like sort of Spider-Man universe yeah. again. Mm-hmm. That that um it's very much 
it, it's all science. It, like Peter Parker's a nerd. Peter Parker is a hardcore nerd, mm-hmm. and everything is so much science based. Uh, in 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 the comics and in the newer movies, right? He builds his own like web shooters. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doctor Octopus uh, is a as a scientist uh, who has these tentacle arms fused to the back of him. Uh, the Green Goblin uh, is, is a science experiment gone wrong. Like, so much of the Spider-Man universe is science bad. Science bad! Hmm. <laughs> or not even, maybe not even science bad, but, like, certainly that's where all the, like, the villains come from, and that's... Yeah. I don't know. I'm, think, I, I'm, I'm thinking through this, like, out loud. That's interesting. Um, but, yeah, no, I do think... And, and a lot of... Uh, other like just kind of pop movies there's more science good science helpful science uh i don't know we were talking about elysium yeah earlier today um in elysium like science good science is very good science does science is good and then the people using the science are the bad guys right I think ant-man too which i still want to do for this um the second one is yeah, um, science is very good, and yeah, cure is good. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I, and, yeah, and it's a it's a it's a subtle change from like science good people bad yeah. to like no science science bad science yeah. people bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah, I know for me, like I. I'm a big, big fan of Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. But yes. very much in, like, doctor shows or, like... Um, and there are so many doctor shows. There are. Um, <laughs> and, and there are so many because they're seen as, like, heroes and, like... Because science is good. So smart, yeah. Science, science good, medicine good. Yeah, medicine is great. Like, it's curing people. Like, all this stuff. Um well, that's what's wrong with the American healthcare system is we don't all have access to these right. heroes. Right, right. These gods among men. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, which you can also see in psychiatry. Like that's we we just don't have enough psychiatrists. We don't have enough access to good mental health care, you know, meaning like Yes. Yeah. Um, medicalized mental health care. Um Yes. So yeah, so I I felt like this movie was good at like counterbalancing some of that or showing that like no it's it's not always good yeah um, <laughs> sometimes scientists are assholes yeah or, and not even that but like i felt like it was getting right. into larger issues of like it's not just these mm. these particular individual yeah. scientists but it's about like the dynamic between researchers and research participants that yes. researchers yes. have tremendous privilege and are setting the agenda and the questions and what's going to happen and yeah there's this thing called informed consent but what does that really mean and is it just, just sign, sign the forms yeah dude. just sign the it, forms uh, yeah does it really just end up being about signing forms and um and, and then the research participants are often yeah like low-income people who like have almost like zero power influence over like what's being researched and um, and they really need that 30 bucks so what are they gonna do say no right yeah. Um, so. Yeah. No, I think that's much better than what I said. <laughs> <laughs> no, that it is. It's so much about the power dynamic yeah. and the 
yeah and it, not just about the the individual people but sort of yeah the structures and systems that enable them yeah um so the as a final point to hit on mm-hmm. you had mentioned i i don't really know anything about this but you mentioned um crazy people as biters how so, do you not you're the one that introduced me to this concept wait i did yeah you, sh- you were showing me, like, arm guards that they sell to people oh, that work yeah, in psych yeah. hospitals, right? And, like, you know, anti-bite protection, anti- <laughs> anti-biting sleeves. And so it was just fascinating to me that Venom, like, <laughs> bites people's heads off. And, like, that's one of the first things that they do is he get that he get like, when he, like, comes out at first, like, the first time they, like, comes out, they, like, kills a bunch of, you know, kills a bunch of bad guys. And then they kind of, there's a pause in the action. He's like, okay, great. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to bite off their heads and then put them in the corner. And Eddie's like, what? And he's like, pile of heads, pile of bodies. Let's move. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Is that like a thing in movies though? Like, I know there's like Hannibal Lecter. Like the famous like biter. I don't know. is. (laughs) Is he like crazy though? I mean, is he not? I mean, I guess. I don't know. That would be an interesting podcast. I don't know. Maybe we should. (laughs) Maybe we should put that in the queue. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I can watch that again. Mm -hmm. I watched that, like, freshman year of college, like, alone (laughs) in my dorm room. It was so scary. Big mistake. (laughs) Mistake number one, alone. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it has that much history in movies. I don't know. And I'm not sure if the writers were conscious of that. Yeah. As a thing that they're, like, playing into or going yeah. nudge, nudge, wink, wink. But it, it just, it was a fascinating... Yeah. Fascinating little bubble of an idea that may or may not be connected. That's really interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Now I kind of want to, like, just, you know, as we go through, as we do more movies, we'll just <laughs> Do a bite count? <laughs> Keep a bite tally? <laughs> just, like, you know, just how we are with curly hair. Like, if Ooh. someone has curly hair, we will notice it and we'll be like, oh, mad curly hair maybe there's a link and speaking of curly hair woody harrelson oh yeah woody harrelson at the end what this was the the like preview thing yeah the the post creds sort of preview teaser for next one yeah woody harrelson is a serial killer with this like weird curly hair that does not look right on him (laughs) woody harrelson with curly brown hair does not work for me um but he's a serial killer serial killer curly hair woody harrelson yeah coming 2020 we'll find out if he's a biter <laughs> we'll find out if he's a biter <laughs> so we just stop there that feels like a really good yeah, high point mm-hmm. i think so <laughs> okay that's your podcast folks yeah. <laughs> um like subscribe what do you say what, how does it go oh man i could do a whole string like subscribe retweet tell a friend Review us on iTunes. Uh, we're on Stitcher. If you use Stitcher, uh, review us on Stitcher, I guess. Do people use Stitcher? I don't think a lot of people use Stitcher. Um, Google Play. We're on Google Play. If you're listening to this on Android, or if you're not, you can find us on Android. Um, we have a Facebook group. You can join mm-hmm. the Facebook group, and we are trying to get a discussion going there. We post videos and thoughts and comments. Uh Discuss, discuss, discuss amongst yourselves. Tell us why we're wrong. I'm super curious about any more Venom aficionados that can inform us as to the history. Um, Also, if you are a voice here or identify as a multiple, as a system, we would love to hear what you thought of this movie. If 
if it rang true, if it felt similar to that experience, or if you found it stigmatizing. I didn't really know whether it, it like maybe mm. was prejudiced or stigmatized that experience or not. I felt like overall it was like positive, but we want to hear from you if yeah. you found it positive or not. Yeah, write up a quick like a uh, five point listicle. Just uh, <laughs> five five reasons why venom is completely. Uh, <laughs> Is, is absolutely nothing but harm to the, the voice here community. Uh, and uh, we'll publish a counter listicle. If you actually seriously do that, I will legitimately write out a five-point listicle <laughs> countering whatever yours is. Just just because I can. <laughs> uh, that's or, a dare. Or alternatively, so like... Yeah, oh. if alternatively, if you, if you want to compare this with like Split or some other like mm. absolutely horrible portrayal, um, oh. I think that would be really interesting. I, I didn't good. see Split um, because it just looked so horrible. Right. But from what I heard about it, it just yeah sounds just polar opposite of this movie. That right. it's like all about like these people possessing him and like he's crazy and like violent and <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. And this movie was about like positive co-conscious collaboration. So if you want to yeah compare contrast that I, I really want to like talk more about that learn more so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Did I run out of things? I, I think, think that's all the I things. I think that's all the things. Okay. It's a lot of things. <laughs> Do them all. I, I want you to all talk amongst yourselves, uh, break up into groups of three, and each group uh, take on a specific thing. So I want one, <laughs> I want one group, uh, one group writing the article, I want one group on the uh, the review task force, uh, and then we'll get and then we get back together next week. We'll all rotate around. Uh-huh. Sound good? Everybody good? <laughs> all right, break. <laughs> okay, mad love. Bye. I'll be checking your assignments. <laughs>